This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You know what cheers me up? What? Rolled up aces over kings. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. The House of Cards. Today, the game is different. With author and professional poker player Ashley Adams. Okay, you have some skill. Hello, listeners, and welcome to House of Cards. This is Ashley Adams, and we have a wonderful show for you this evening. We're going to have two guests, Herb Van Dyke from the World Poker Showdown. He's the guy that runs those fantastic poker uh, tournaments in the Caribbean. We're then going to talk with Lauren Fiella, who is the founder of the High Heels Poker Tour, who will talk to us about that and about the High Heels Poker Academy. Uh, then, of course, we'll have the regular features, the Phantom EFX Mailbag and the Stud Poker Pointer of the Week. We'll be right back after a commercial break with Herb Van Dyke. Hey there, folks. Aaron Sherman here, CEO of Phantom EFX. We make the number one slot and casino games for your PC. Number one. Now, how great would it be to hit the tables or slots this weekend in Las Vegas? Can't afford it? Or even if you can, you've got to try our games. Now, I know you may be thinking, ooh, a slot game or ooh, a casino game. How real can it be? But you have no idea how real the experience is until you play these games. Whether you want slots, cards, or casino games, we've got it all. And trust me, it's as real as it gets. That's why we're number one, baby. You just have to check out our new games led by Real Deal Slots Blackbeard's Revenge. I'm telling you guys, this game is the ultimate slot experience. It's already number one in its category and it's been made by guys that love slot machines. We also have our brand new casino and card game titles. You can check them out in stores or at PhantomEFX.com. You never have to wager anything on a PhantomEFX game. you got to check out all these great games and all of our other great products at PhantomEFX.com. Ooh, another jackpot. I got another jackpot. Woohoo! Having trouble deciding where to go for great food? Looking for a place to go to catch the game? Enjoy some live entertainment or just for a night out with friends or someone special? Head on over to the Jury Room. Featured on the Phantom Gourmet, the Jury Room's large menu offers customers a wide variety of food, from pizzas and wings to entrees like New York steak and blackened salmon. The bar features large flat-screen televisions, live entertainment nightly, and the best selection of beer and scotch on the South Shore. The Jury Room Bar and Grill, located at 39 Cottage Avenue in Quincy Center, across the street from the Quincy Courthouse, is open Monday through Saturday from 11.30 a.m. to 1 a.m. for lunch and dinner. Go to thejuryroom.us or call 617-328-7234 for more information. Mention this ad and receive 50% off any appetizer. The Jury Room, Quincy's hottest restaurant and bar. Fellas, are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to AdamEve.com, and for a limited time only, you'll get 50% off just about any item. AdamEve.com features over 18,000 adult entertainment products, toys as low as $6.95, tantalizing lingerie, and over 350 movies starting at just $4.95. You'll find all the biggest stars like Jenna Jameson, Carmen Luvana, and even Tara Patrick. Imagine all those sensual ideas right at your fingertips. AdamEve.com's 10 million customers swear by our product quality, fast and discreet shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Check out AdamEve.com today for this special offer. Get 50% off one item when you type SPANK for the offer code upon checkout. Plus, with your order of $17 or more, we'll throw in a free gift. Get 50% off with offer code SPANK at AdamEve.com. Hey, you serious about poker? 
And winning 7-card stud by Ashley Adams is a must-have for stud players of all levels. In winning 7-card stud, the World Series of Poker Veteran takes you through a series of lessons and strategies designed to make you a better player in all phases of your game. The techniques of betting, what cards to play, how to read the other players, the art of bluffing, You'll learn to master them all. Winning 7-Card Stud by professional poker player Ashley Adams. Available at Amazon.com. You're listening to the House of Cards. Is winning the most important thing? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, what do you mean, even with, like, considering health and, like, world peace? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Welcome back, listeners. Ashley Adams, House of Cards, and I am joined by Herb Van Dyke, who is the head dude and host at the World Poker Showdown. Herb, are you there? I'm here, Ashley. How you doing? I'm great, and I'm very glad you've come back. I wanted to check in and see how things were going. I, I see that you had your Costa Rica event in November and not that long ago finished up the World Poker Showdown in Ocean World. Tell us how those events went and... Uh, what else you got planned? Well, we we had the um, the WPS event down in Haco Beach, Costa Rica, in November, and we had 191 tournament registered players, players that were playing in tournaments, along with about 70 cash game players. So it was a pretty good tournament, um, a lot of fun. It's on the beach. I actually learned surfing while I was down there, <laughs> so that was kind of cool. Now, is this on the Pacific Ocean? It's on the Pacific side. It's it's known as a surf town. Um, it's, it's a unique little town with lots of shops and restaurants. Um, it, it's, it's not quite the same as like an ocean world, which is more opulent, you know, five-star hotel, that kind of thing. This is, it's a surf town, a lot of fun. Great. Great. And what about, uh, what about the event at ocean world? Well, I, I just got back from ocean world, uh, two days ago. Where, where is that? That's in Punta Cana. Oh, Dominican, Dominican Republic. Republic. Tell us about that. Well, there's a it's a three hundred million dollar complex with one of the originators, um, <clears throat> one of the companies that started swim with the dolphins, those kind of things. Um, so they built the park, the water park, and then they built the casino, and they built a marina for yachts. Um, so it, it, and it's really a nice casino. It's really a nice complex. So what did you have as far as tournaments? I mean, I went onto your website, which, by the way, there's a link to on our site. But tell us about the tournaments. I know. Well, we, we, it, it was a multitude of tournaments. We ran around 10 tournaments, but we also ran the finals for the Canadian Poker Tour Invitationals. Um, they brought their TV show down and filmed it. It was a $5,000 buy-in. And um, first place was more than the money. They had a big overlay on it where you get into events for the rest of the year and you're kind of the sponsored Canadian player for the year. Hmm. So that was that was interesting. Uh, but you had to be invited. It was a, it was an invitational. Um, their Canadian Poker Open's coming up soon, but they want us to do an event with them um, shortly in Las Vegas. And um, are you going to do it? We're looking at it. Um, it's it's kind of a challenge thing. They're, they're looking at a mega-stack tournament, you know, not just a deep stack, but like a mega-stack tournament, and probably somewhere around four or $5,000 buy-in. And <clears throat> they've already talked to WestJet about, about chartering some planes to come down to Vegas. Uh, they have, you know, they have a huge following, like 30,000 players or something. Well, you know, I thought that the Canadian Poker Tour, and I must be mistaken, but I thought the Canadian Poker Tour and Canadian... Um, card player, Canadian poker player, magazine, I thought they went belly up a while ago. Did they? Did they start up again? Is this a totally different entity? Um, the rumors were they went belly up. It was, they really didn't go belly up. One of the partners was taken out. There was a default on a loan or something legal. I'm not quite sure. It's a publicly traded company, and so some of the shareholders have taken it over. And it's it's been a relaunch, and, and the guy that's the CEO is Kelly Kelsner, and he's He's just a you know go-getter guy, uh-huh. and he has sponsorship with Party Poker. Now he's 
he's looking at uh, a motel chain and a beer company and and they've just done two new filmings including the one in Dominican they did one in River Cree um, which is you know British I think it's British Columbia great now I notice on your website you announce a Panama WPS event and a St. Martin one, but there's no date listed. Is that updated? Has it? Are there now dates, or are you still waiting to see what's going to happen? Um, we, I have two contracts laying on my desk, but I haven't signed them yet. Well, it's, sign them. It's, <laughs> it's, just a, it's a business thing, and, and we have to have the right situation. I have to be able to bring my dealers and staff down. Uh, the local dealers just aren't up to, to what we want, what we expect. You know, as you know, we run longer, longer tournaments for the same kind of money. So you get you get more bang for your buck, so to say. Mm-hmm. And and we want to have the best dealers we can possibly bring in. I mean, I hired Jimmy Miller, who ran the World Series when uh, Raymer won and when Moneymaker won. He ran it for two years, and and so he ran the Dominican one, and he'll be running the one in Vegas. And he'll be running the one in, in uh, Costa Rica as well, yeah. So you don't have a date yet for those events, and you don't have a date for the Las Vegas event either? No, no, right? I'll be flying out there next week to set it up. So so what do you have for me, brother? <laughs> I'm waiting for an announcement. I well, thought... Here's what we're working on. We're working on the Panama and St. Martin, and just near the end of negotiations. I'm flying to Vegas to finish that one up. Um, November 6th to 14th is Hako Beach, as, as usual. And again, of course, January next year is Ocean World again. I see. And the new ship, Oasis of the Seas, which will be launched January next year, I think it holds, it's, I think it's almost twice as big as Freedom of the Seas, the largest ship in the world. And we'll be the first uh, poker cruise on that ship. And that's going to be cruising that's when? That's going to be spring next year. Spring? The ship's not even finished being built. It'll be Built by January. So spring of 2010, we don't spring know exactly when. Okay. Yeah, we're looking at 400 cabins, 800 people, something like that. Great. Well, Herb, here's what I'd like. When you have some specific dates, please let us know. We'd love to have you back on. This is a one. Everything you've said makes me drool, hoping to get away for the next thing I can get away for. Will you let us know exactly I, when look, it'll I, be? I keep inviting you down. <laughs> That's all I can do, you know. Well, if I have the dates far enough in advance for Panama and St. Martin, and I can drag my wife to come with me, and I, I don't think it will be too hard of a sell, I would love to do that. No problem. All right, man. Thanks for joining us. We're going to take a break, and we will be back with Lauren Falia of High Heel Poker Tour. Hi everyone, this is Ashley Adams from House of Cards and I want to talk to you about Phantom EFX, the world's number one developer and publisher of casino games for your PC. Whether you want slots, card games, or casino games, Phantom EFX has something for you. If you are looking for a deeper experience, you should check out Phantom EFX's newest innovative casino game, Real Deal Live Online. Create a custom avatar, immerse yourself in their virtual world online casino, and become a renowned gambling tycoon. Just go to phantomefx.com for all the details and a free trial. That's right. Phantom EFX is letting you play the game for free. And no real money is ever wagered in any Phantom EFX game. So there's nothing to lose. If you have questions about their products, log on to the website and head to the forums where Phantom EFX takes great pride in answering questions, chatting, and just having fun. Let Phantom EFX take care of all your casino game needs when you can't get out to Las Vegas. Hi, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. I just wanted to uh, mention something, that if any of you have any poker questions that you would like to ask me, they could be strategy questions, they could be practical questions about where and how to find a game, um, it could be a question of uh, you, you're coming to Boston and you want to play, we have a... Uh, an internet site that you can go to, an address that you can go to, pose your question, and if we use it on the air, you will get a free copy of my book, Winning Low Limit, No Limit 
Texas Hold'em. So the site or the address is info, that's I-N-F-O, at houseofcardsradio.com. Info at houseofcardsradio.com. Send me your question or questions. And again, if we use it on the air, you will have won a free book. And also, if you want, we'll use your name and uh, you'll have instant fame in the poker world. People are making a habit of coming to Bad Abbots in downtown Quincy. Home of good food, a good pint, and all your favorite sports on live TV. Like soccer from the Premier League and Glasgow Celtic. Irish hurling, football, and international rugby. Enjoy breakfast, lunch, or dinner in our restaurant or bar. Bad Abbots has live music Friday, Saturday, and Sunday with lots of parking. For good food or the best pint around, it's Bad Abbots at 1546 Hancock Street in Quincy. On the web at badabbots.com. Get in the habit at Bad Abbots. Having trouble deciding where to go for great food? Looking for a place to go to catch the game? Enjoy some live entertainment or just for a night out with friends or someone special? Head on over to the Jury Room. Featured on the Phantom Gourmet, the Jury Room's large menu offers customers a wide variety of food from pizzas and wings to entrees like New York steak and blackened salmon. The bar features large flat screen televisions, live entertainment nightly, and the best selection of beer and scotch on the South Shore. The Jury Room Bar and Grill, located at 39 Cottage Avenue in Quincy Center, across the street from the Quincy Courthouse, is open Monday through Saturday from 11.30 a.m. to 1 a.m. for lunch and dinner. Go to thejuryroom.us or call 617-328-7234 for more information. Mention this ad and receive 50% off any appetizer. The Jury Room, Quincy's hottest restaurant and bar. This is House of Cards Radio with Ashley Adams. Now, I do some other stuff, but poker, that's the thing I do best. Welcome back, listeners. This is Ashley Adams, House of Cards, and I am joined by the founder of the High Heels Poker Tour, Lauren Fiella. Lauren, are you there? I am here. Well, first things first, Lauren, tell us what the High Heels Poker Tour is and what exactly you have done to set it up and what what it is. The High Heels Poker Tour is a ladies' poker tour. Uh, For those uh, that are not familiar, there are a couple of poker tours in the United States that are based solely for women to promote women's poker and to bring more women to the game. And in essence, the High Heels Poker Tour was created initially on the East Coast of the United States uh, by me because of a lack of, of poker for women. And the fact is, is that the women are the largest growing demographic in the poker community right now. And as such, I wanted to address uh, that demographic and try to bring more women to the game. Okay. So that's why the High Heels Poker Tour was created initially, yes. That's a noble goal. Let me just play devil's advocate here. I'm sure you've heard this question a lot of times. Poker is a game of skill based on intellectual ability, uh, ability to read other players, memory, and the like. Um, people might say, well, why do you need to segregate women from men? Men could be playing on an equal footing, unlike uh, maybe a physical game like football or even golf. This is a game that shouldn't be gender-specific. Why would you want to have a segregated event? Well, I I hear this all the time, so it's a very good question. We're not trying to segregate men from women. We're trying to segue. So there are a number of women, there are lots and lots and lots of women who are uh, trying to segue into mainstream events, is what I call them, or co-ed events, you know, if you will. Uh, And what we try to do is we try to nurture those. I mean, we have all levels of skills, a skill of play, who come out to our events. There are women who've never played in a tournament before and want to try it. So it's an easy it's an it's an easy segue for them because they, there's a comfort level there. There are the women uh, who feel that they want to just play with women, and and then there are advanced players who just like playing with with other women and they play in other events as well. So it serves more than just one purpose. Um, and I think that with ladies only events, the casinos. Uh, are very happy to do it because they want to bring more women to the game. And we try to do that, and we try to nurture those women and, and offer them not only the experience, but an, an opportunity to 
learn more about the environment as a whole, uh, bring them into, onto different properties, and you know, bring them to the game so that they want to stay and play live games. Well, that's a very good and thorough answer, and I'm not going to continue the debate because, frankly, I think it makes perfect sense, just like I think it makes sense to have senior events. And if our society were more accepting of gambling, I think it would make sense to have junior events only for children or people between 14 and 18. But, <laughs> I mean, I really do. I think it would be great. Let's bring them into the fold. Let's. I like your verb, segue. Let's have children segue into um, adult poker. Maybe you have tournaments where we give away... I don't know, toys as uh, <laughs> tournament prizes at first or books. I think books. we're maybe a little bit farther away from that. But, <laughs> you know, but I, I really think that for women, um, to bring more women to the game, and High Heels Poker Tour especially was set up to, um, to really help those players that are trying to move not only into uh, mainstream events, but are trying to get some recognition and, and, and really get something out of it. Um, a lot of the players that we have are players who play in World Series, you know, events that are, you know, mainstream with, with men. But look, you and I both know it is, by the sheer numbers, men still outnumber the women. And so in order for us to be able to bring more women to the game, let's put them in an environment where they can, you know, have a good time, uh, learn, maybe learn something new, or help them uh, get them to that next level where they can earn some recognition and earn some money and, and earn a little bit more respect than they've been given in the past. Well, that's good. That Actually, you've provided me with a segue. You say learn. Is there any educational component to these tournaments? Do you have any seminars, any trainings for women players that is connected to the tournament that you're, the circuit that you're now on? Well, what we've just done um, over the last couple of months, we've launched High Heels Poker Tour Academy. It's the only women's um, poker academy in the country um, that I know of, and I've done a lot of research. I know a lot of people, have, some individuals have tried it before, and it hasn't worked. But what I'm really doing is setting up an environment where we can utilize the tour to sort of piggyback on and, and, and bring these women into an academy where they will be able to learn from female pros in the industry. We will, at certain points, have men pros come in just to give them just to give the women an idea of what the men are thinking, because I think it's a really good idea to let the women know what's kind of, you know, what men think about the game and women playing the game. And, um, and so the academy is really there as a, as a learning tool for those women that maybe have never played and want to learn how to play, or women who have played in ladies-only events or, or mainstream events and want to sort of get more out of it and learn more. And where have you had these events, and where are you going to have them? Well, we launched the Academy at Harris, New Orleans, uh, with Barbara Enright. Uh, she came in, and we did, we, did a, uh, we did a free seminar, and we had a lot of ladies come in, and they basically got an idea of, of how we were going to structure the Academy. Uh, basically, it was an introduction, and uh, we were able to show the ladies that the difference between what's already out there and what we're doing is a little bit different. Women are, have a tendency to be a little bit more um, visual, and so we're addressing those issues. You know, this is a High Heels Poker Tour Academy is, a, is an organization that's run by women, for women, with women pros. So we're trying to, not only are we trying to bring more women to the game, but we're also trying to support women who play the game and women-owned poker businesses. Okay, so if you brought Barbara Enright, what other faculty people do you have? I mean, I know a number of teaching profession women that teach poker. I'm wondering who you have on your faculty that travels around with the tour. We have uh, Barbara, as you said. We have Susie Isaacs, Karina Jett, J.J. Liu, um, uh, Lisa Adams, and uh, we have others that we're currently working on, but those are the, uh, the, the, the top five that we're working with right now. And if somebody listening, any of our listeners, said, oh, geez, that's a gift I could get for a girlfriend or a wife or a spouse or I, a female listener saying, I'd like to go participate, do you have a schedule of tournaments and uh, tournament academy 
already scheduled? Yes, on the High Heels Poker Tour uh, website, if they go to www.highheelspokertour.com. Wait a second, highheelspokertour.com. And we'll have a link on our site, houseofpokerradio.com. Uh, so highheelspoker.com. Highheelspokertour.com. Highheelspokertour.com, okay. Right. If they go on, on the main website for High Heels Poker Tour, there is a, a tab on there for High Heels Poker Tour Academy, or they could go straight to highheelspokertouracademy.com. So they can go to either place and get to where they need to be to get the information, the cost structure. You know, nowadays we're really focusing on trying to make it affordable for, you know, for, for women to come out. Um, and again, because we've made it very heavily lab-based, and a lot of hand-by-hand instruction. They get a lot of hands-on where they can ask questions, and we sort of separate them based on their skill set so that people who are more experienced aren't sitting with people who are very novice players or, or just coming to the game so that the people who have more experience get more out of it than just sitting there listening to questions and answers that they may already know. So by separating them by skill set, they really get the maximum amount of education, and they get a lot out of it. And the same goes for novice and intermediate players. Okay, so for those who haven't yet checked out the site, can you tell us where you're going to be and roughly or specifically, if you know, what dates you're going to have this tour? Sure. The next, um, well, the poker tournaments that we have coming up, we have one uh, poker tournament coming up at Mohegan Sun, which is going to be uh, next weekend. It's going to be uh, February 8th. Okay, just so our listeners know, we may have taped this bef- um, before that date. You may be hearing it after that date, but it's February 8th at, right, Mohegan, at Mohegan Sun. Sun. Yep. Um, and our neck, and then the tournament after that, we have one down in South Florida because I'm South Florida based. Uh, and we are going to be at Mardi Gras Racing and Casino. That's oh, I've in, been there. That's yes. a beautiful casino. Beautiful property, uh, and that's in South Florida, and that's on, um, that's on February 13th. Okay. And then we have one uh, going to be at the Hard Rock, Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino, which is a beautiful, huge, huge property. Down here in, in Hollywood South, yes, or in Tampa? In Hollywood. Oh, that's a that's a fantastic place. It's fantastic. We're, we're going to be doing an academy there, a two-day academy, March 6th and 7th. And then we're going to be doing a tournament on the 8th, a High Heels Poker Tour tournament. And what we've done is anyone who purchases a, um, a two-day academy, um, they'll automatically get a free roll into that High Heels Poker Tour event that next day. Whenever we set up an academy, we always make it the first two days, and then that following day we do a High Heels Poker Tour tournament, so the women who've come to the academy will get a free roll. <laughs> Very good. So once you've learned, you have a practicum, which for the person that has learned is free because they've already paid for it in the academy, yes. and uh, they get to try out what they have just learned. And Now, have you, you've had a few of these. I see you were down in... Uh, uh, Dania and uh, Cup, and you were down in New Orleans. You said, "Have you had any academy graduates actually finishing the money in the tournament?" We actually did. We did have a lady who emailed us last week who uh, went to the academy with Barbara, and she actually came, made the final table, and came in third in one of the wins events in Vegas. Oh, that's so she great. was very excited because she got so much out of it that she went and actually she tried it and she did really well. So we were very happy to hear that because obviously uh, we, we like to get feedback and we like to hear from the women all the time because we like to also put out when we do our newsletters, we like to put out those kudos so that we, you know, these women get an opportunity to share what they've, what they've, their accomplishments. Right. Well, I got to ask you uh, a couple other questions about your own background because I imagine our listeners, as I, when we hear somebody talking about an academy or a poker tour, they say, well, what's the background of this person you're talking to? How did she happen to get into poker? So well, what, what's your background? Well, I've played poker since college, so I'm not going to tell you how old I am. But, <laughs> uh, but I've played since college and, uh, you know, just playing in regular games. And then I started really getting into the game and, and loving every aspect of it. Um, you know, over the last six, seven years, and then I started playing, you know, more and more, and I played in the World Series events um, a few times, and then this past year, 
uh, I came in 63rd in the ladies' event, so I had a really nice cash, and I made the final table of one of their, the WSOP Mega Satellites. So I did, you know, I've, I've done really well, and I, I, I love the game so much. And, I'm, I'm, I mean, I could sit there and play for 19 hours a day. I mean, no problem. I love it. Wow. Are you based down in Florida? Is that where you play your regular yes, games? Yes, I'm in South Florida. I'm in Hollywood. Oh, okay. So you're at the Seminole every so often, I would imagine? Yes, I, yes, I am. I am a regular. I try to frequent um, most of the properties in and around the area and up the state, um, you know, to get the message out and also to play. Yeah, I just came back from a trip where I played at uh, Fort Pierce and I played up at Melbourne and uh, Daytona Beach and the two properties in Jacksonville and then down in uh, Ocala and then at uh, Immokalee yep. and in Brighton. Right. And, and yeah, I, we did we did an event in Mockled in Brighton, um, you know, uh, some smaller properties, uh, but you know, it's it's Florida poker has just grown by leaps and bounds, and you know, we have some growing pains, but that's with everything. Well, you must have some knowledge, or you must have a prediction of whether they're going to further enlarge Florida poker and allow for larger buy-ins for the no limit games and maybe larger. Um, stakes for the limit games. Any idea? Well, I'll tell you, I don't know how familiar you are with Florida poker, but we had a little bit of a fiasco uh, about a year and <clears throat> a year and a half ago when they went to <clears throat> the higher stake games. The state was not, clearly was not prepared for the influx of people for the high stakes games. So I was there the night that it, that the, it changed and it was really, it was not, Florida did not put on its best face. Let's Were put it you that there? Way. There was a, no, I had, I reported on this uh, just as a, a rumor, but I had heard that when they went to No Limit, that on one of the Seminole casinos, and I think it was the Hard Rock, they started to spread because of uh, player interest. A huge game, and since the Seminole was not strictly governed by state law, but was kind of going along, and they they claim they misinterpreted it. They had a twenty-five fifty uh, blind no limit game, and they had they, huge they, high stakes players. And then they came in and they shut it down. Yes, and it kind they of... did. Actually, the ATF came oh, in. Oh, tell it us down. the story. Well, what happened tell was is that there was so much cash on the table, <laughs> and they weren't prepared. I think security-wise and for the amount of people that wanted to play it. It was, it was not the smartest thing. But what Florida did, which was good, is they took a step back and they said, look, let's figure out a way that this can work. So then they brought the limit to 510. Right. So the, my, blind, the blinds are 510. Right, exactly, the 510 game. My feeling is that within the next two years or so, I think that the state is going to try to to include all the paramutuals and the and the Indian casinos because you know they're a sovereign nation, so they they sort of run on different rules, right? Um, and try to include everybody, and hopefully we'll get this class three gaming, which will allow Florida really take themselves to the next step into you know full on gaming, and and then the and then that will open up those those cash games. Well, I really appreciate your insider's view of things because all I have heard until now are rumors from players, and you know how that can be. And uh, I I hope that they do just what you're saying that they embrace class three gaming, that the stakes go way up because then I would have even more of a reason to visit my father down in Lake Placid, Florida. Sure. And he would be happy, and I would be happy, and uh, I could write some more articles. So well, everybody I, would be happy. And I and I think also that Florida has really come a long way. But I think that nowadays with the economy as it is, and tourism is so down everywhere, which I'm sure you're completely aware of. And Florida survives a lot on tourism, not only for, for Disney World, right. but everywhere. And we would really like Florida to become a destination for families for not only Disney, but also, you know, where people can come and spend time and be able to, to not only do half of the gaming that, that we're currently doing now, but be able to really make it an adult destination as well. I agree, uh, and I, I hope they do the same thing in Massachusetts, but that's a show of another day. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure a longer show. Much longer. Lauren, you've been a wonderful guest, and uh, if you come up to Foxwoods or you come up to Mohegan Sun yourself, 
we'll have to get together. I'm a good friend of Susie Isaacs, and uh, I hope at least in July we'll get together down at Mohegan. Thanks for being a guest. We're going to take a commercial break. Can I mention yes. one thing real quick? Yes, you can. I just want to say next month, if anyone has an opportunity to, I will be on the cover of Annie Up Magazine, the first lady to be on the cover of Annie Up Magazine. For our listeners who don't know, Annie Up Magazine is a Florida-based poker magazine that has wonderful stories all about the poker industry, about poker strategy, and about the uh, High Heels Poker Tour. Exactly. Wonderful. Take care, Lauren. We'll be back with the EFX Phantom Mailbag and with the Poker Tip of the Week. Hey there, folks. Aaron Sherman here, CEO of Phantom EFX. We make the number one slot and casino games for your PC. Number one. Now, how great would it be to hit the tables or slots this weekend in Las Vegas? Can't afford it? Or even if you can, you got to try our games. Now, I know you may be thinking, ooh, a slot game or ooh, a casino game. How real can it be? But you have no idea how real the experience is until you play these games. Whether you want slots, cards, or casino games, we've got it all. And trust me, it's as real as it gets. That's why we're number one, baby. You just have to check out our new games led by Real Deal Slots Blackbeard's Revenge. I'm telling you guys, this game is the ultimate slot experience. It's already number one in its category and it's been made by guys that love slot machines. We also have our brand new casino and card game titles. You can check them out in stores or at PhantomEFX.com. You never have to wager anything on a Phantom EFX game. you got to check out all these great games and all of our other great products at PhantomEFX.com. Ooh, another jackpot. I got another jackpot. Woohoo! Fellas, are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to AdamEve.com, and for a limited time only, you'll get 50% off just about any item. AdamEve.com features over 18,000 adult entertainment products, toys as low as $6.95, tantalizing lingerie, and over 350 movies starting at just $4.95. You'll find all the biggest stars like Jenna Jameson, Carmen Livana, and even Tara Patrick. Imagine all those sensual ideas right at your fingertips. AdamEve.com's 10 million customers swear by our product quality, fast and discreet shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Check out AdamEve.com today for this special offer. Get 50% off one item when you type SPANK for the offer code upon checkout. Plus, with your order of $17 or more, we'll throw in a free gift. Get 50% off with offer code SPANK at AdamEve.com. Hi, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. I just wanted to uh, mention something, that if any of you have any poker questions that you would like to ask me, they could be strategy questions, they could be practical questions about where and how to find a game, Um, it could be a question of uh, you're coming to Boston and you want to play, we have a... uh, an internet site that you can go to, an address that you can go to, pose your question, and if we use it on the air, you will get a free copy of my book, Winning Low Limit, No Limit, Texas Hold'em. So the site or the address is info, that's I-N-F-O, at houseofcardsradio.com, info at houseofcardsradio.com. Send me your question or questions. And again, if we use it on the air, you will have won a free book. And also, if you want, we'll use your name, and uh, you'll have instant fame in the poker world. Great Moments in History In 1750, while flying a kite with his child, Benjamin Franklin discovered the properties of electricity. That last bolt of lightning smelled like... Yes, the lightning... In June 2008, House of Cards began podcasting. Go to HouseOfCardsRadio.com and click on the podcast button for all recent show downloads. This is House of Cards Radio with Ashley Adams. Take the card, big man. Show us how it's played. Welcome back, listeners. This is Ashley Adams, and this is the Phantom EFX Mailbag. Phantom EFX is the world's number one casino genre PC game publisher, and we have a number of questions from Dave Weishettle, and I should say, 
just for truth in advertising that these questions are unrehearsed. I never know what they're going to ask me until they do. So my answers are uh, totally unprepared. Go ahead. This question, when I first read it, I thought it was totally out of left field, but I'm thinking about it. Maybe it has some credence. A fan in Philadelphia asked, do casinos ever offer to sell old tournament chips? I've seen some in private collections and would love to get my hands on some chips. Is this a big hobby, people collecting? Well, you, though that's, a, that's a separate question. There is an enormous, enormous really? number of people who collect poker chips. Uh, I am one of them, but the only way I collect poker chips, the only chips that interest me are from poker rooms and casinos that I have personally visited as a kind of a memory trove so I can look at them and say, oh, yes, remember the Avi Casino in uh, Laughlin, uh, Nevada? I remember that. Yeah, like that. But there are people that collect them like people collect baseball cards or coins or comic books or anything else, and there are even catalogs that tell you how much your poker chip is worth. Of course, Poker chips from poker rooms that have closed or casinos that have closed, especially ones from a long time ago, are incredibly valuable. And poker chips from casinos that are current, that are still around, are practically valueless. By that, I mean their face value because anybody can get them with just a little hard work. But no, and there are no casinos that I know of that sell old poker chips. Casinos typically periodically take poker chips out of circulation to cut down on the ability to counterfeit them and also because they get dirty and they decide to reissue a snappier uh, logo on their chip or to replicate the logo that's changed in the casino. And then once they take them out of circulation, they are very careful not to issue any of them. Now, there may be an exception. I suppose there could be a poker chip store in some casino that specializes in vintage chips. I don't know of any. I know that online you can buy them from some dealers, just like you can buy old comic books or baseball cards or coins. I'm, I'm assuming they mean chips actually used in the playing of, you know, the hands and things like that, not the poker chips in the gift shop. And No, no, they mean poker chips, but you should know that especially around the mid to the late 90s and then thereafter, Poker rooms would periodically issue commemorative chips, special chips, limited edition chips, specifically designed for the collector. Because every chip that a casino introduces that is collected is pure profit for them. If it's not in circulation, they don't have to redeem it with cash. So if I get a $25 special commemorative 20th anniversary Harris New Orleans chip and I put it on the wall in my house because I'm some rabid collector of such things that's 25 bucks for the casino that I never that they never have to cash out so what was the most interesting poker chip since you're pretty knowledgeable about this have you seen like something from the stardust or the yeah, flamingo yeah, yeah, yeah. No, or that's, something like that's that that's very good um it's it's very it's a, it's a very interesting question first of all the most valuable collector's chips I find not at all interesting. I mean, I'm interested in their provenance, I mean, where they came from, but typically the designs on really old chips are not particularly interesting. There Maybe there's a star or a bullseye or the number f- five in, you know, on the old ivory chips from the really old casinos, and that's not particularly interesting. Chips today, though, a lot of the p- casinos have really beautiful designs. I just, off the top of my head, Mohegan Sun's $2 chip, I think it is, which is a a yellow chip. Maybe I'm thinking of Foxwoods. I forget, but it has an animal on it that is beautiful. Uh, Lucky Chances Casino out in San Francisco has a beautiful chip. And if I could, if I had some preparation, if I had gone home and looked through my chip collection, I could bring out some beautiful ones with very fine designs. And uh, so they're very interesting for that reason. So okay. there you are, as much or if not more than our listeners would like to hear on poker chips. I expected a one-sentence answer, by the way. <laughs> Maybe we could have, as a guest sometime, I mean, if there's any interest and our listeners could tell us with emails, uh, somebody who actually collects Collector, chips yeah. can talk yeah. about the market, can talk about whether it's gone up or gone down as the economy has crashed. Does that mean that old I guess you must have more? to go to an auction house and first get them appraised and then... Um, get something like that. I mean, how else would you sell them? Well, you could sell them on the Internet, on eBay. I mean, right now, in fact, if I went on the computer and put on eBay, 
Uh, one of our producers may just did. He's such a smart wow. guy. Way Ship, to go, Doug. ShipTalk.net. <laughs> Poker chips, all you need to know. So we'll put a link. <laughs> uh, we'll put a link on our site. Why not? We have links for just about everything else uh, to uh, ChipTalk.net, and people can check out collectible chips. Wow. Okay. Great. Thank you, Doug Weishattle. Wow. Now the next question comes from Jim from Los Angeles, and he says, I've been listening to the show for a while now, and I know you do a lot of traveling. I turned 21 this month, and I'm heading to Vegas to celebrate. Two of my good friends are going along with me. The two hotels we are debating between are Caesars and MGN. Just wondering, if you had any advice as to which one you prefer and why, I will be playing a fair bit of 1-2 and 2-5 and was just wondering where the softest players would be. There are no players at Caesars anymore. They closed the poker room. So Sorry, the, Jim. <laughs> so the I mean, geez, I, I hope that's right. I mean, uh, I'm that's what I think in my brain, but I haven't checked. I, I thought I just heard they closed their poker room, but you know what? I'm a little embarrassed. I'm not certain. MGM definitely has a room. Caesars did have a room, a very nice room, a very, um, you know, well spaced tables, beautiful lighting, wonderful casino. But you know, before the end of the show. Maybe Doug can check the Caesars Las Vegas uh, site and just stop looking through the chip thing. Yeah, right. Check out the uh, Caesars. Um, but doesn't really. When I go to Las Vegas, I tip. It doesn't matter where I stay because I rent a car and I go everywhere else. I would never think about just staying on the property. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the old days, Caesars was a wonderful poker room. I think they've closed, and therefore, if you were just looking for a place with a poker room, I go to the MGM. Uh, does it say poker room? At Caesar's Palace, you got to find that out for me, Doug. Cause well, well, let me ask you something. Yes, a twenty-one-year-old kid who's going to go into a poker room in Vegas, right? I guess he wants to start off slow if he's not a a player in the casinos. Where would it be the best place? Oh, it looks like they do have a poker room. I apologize to our friends at the Caesar's Poker Room. I. For some reason, in the back of my head, I guess maybe it was the Hilton that closed their room, and I had confused the two. They have all sorts of wonderful stuff at Caesars. As I said, it was a great room, and I'm glad to see it still is. It's not a casualty of the uh, recession. They have daily tournaments. They have mega stacks, everything else. Uh, so, But if that were the case, then I would stay at Caesars because, to me, Caesars was a more vibrant room than the MGM, although I'll probably incur some uh, animosity from the folks at the MGM. I know that the MGM was closed for a long time. Um, but Caesars was a great room, and I really liked it, and I would like to play there again. But I'll tell you, this kid from Los Angeles, I wouldn't go to Las Vegas first. I would play at Commerce or Hollywood Park or Hawaiian Garden or depending upon where he lives. I'd play let me right something. there in Las Vegas. If Lo- you're Los turning Angeles. 21, maybe poker probably isn't your main priority, but, you know. Well, if poker isn't his main, main priority, priority, then it doesn't really matter. But there are low-limit games all over, low-limit, no-limit games. I think I would head over to Treasure Island. They are a small, friendly, very helpful place. They'll spread anything. Uh, it's not as intimidating as some of the really elaborate, wonderful, fancier rooms like the Venetian, which I loved, uh, run by Kathy Raymond, who's a friend, and I know they take care of their players. Uh, the Wynn, similarly, it's, there are some really good players. It's a little bit more intimidating to a brand-new player. I'd probably, first of all, I'd play in my own city in Los Angeles first just to get it under my belt. And then I would probably start off in an off-strip room. Um, I might go down to Boulder Station. I might go over to the Orleans, uh, the Gold Coast, the Palms, where it's a smaller room. I'm less likely to find lots of competition at the table. Um, But if I'm just gawking and I just want to go to the number one room that everybody talks about, I'd have to go to the Bellagio. That's where they have the biggest game in town. That's where they have the biggest... uh, you know, tournaments, the big-name players show up there, um, that's where I would go. I have to tell you, there's an intimidation factor when you get to Las Vegas in some of these big rooms. I sit there, yes. and I just stare I at everything for the first half hour. I mean, I agree. start off slow in the off, yeah, I go the big, off ornate rooms. Right, or? that's right. Maybe, oh, you know, another nice place to go for a low-limit, um, heavily touristed but not intimidating is the stratosphere. I'd go up to the stratosphere, kind of a, you know, not, or maybe I'd go downtown. But if I were on the strip, I'd go all the way up to the stratosphere, uh, check out the lounge, check out the view. It's kind of uh, 
oh, a little bit of a cliche, you know. I got to tell you, I never knew they had a poker room. I was there last year, and I never even thought of going. Oh, yeah, unless they've closed it, but they always had a poker room. I won a tournament there. (laughs) Doug, you want to get on that now? (laughs) I won a tournament at the Stratosphere. I hope they still have a poker room. I mean, things are in flux in Las Vegas. Rooms are closing a little bit. but that's, that's what I think I would do. I'd start at one of the smaller rooms. Well, let me turn our discussion to a little closer to home where we're broadcasting. You just came back from, was it Foxwoods? Foxwoods. How'd you do on your tournament? Uh, I didn't play in a tournament. Oh. I played in a cash game, and I, <laughs> I had a funny experience. I went down uh, at the end of the day. Typically, I'll wake up in the middle of the night, go early in the, really early in the morning, like 4 o'clock. And uh, in my, in my intention is always to drink some good Full House blend coffee from the coffee exchange and um, and then take all these players that have been up all night unaware that they're all tired. I'm wired, and I take their money. And what a so, great tip. I've never even thought of that. You never go thought of that? Uh, go at 4 o'clock in the morning when right. everyone's tired. But, you know, that's always my intent. I wake up in the middle of the night. I drink my Full House Blend coffee, drive down, bring a couple of cups for the road, arrive juiced up, and then the plan is to take everybody's money because they're all tired. I have found lately, and maybe it's because I've crossed over into being over 50, that if I wake up in the middle of the night, no matter how much coffee I've had, and I drive down at 4 in the morning or get there at 4 in the morning, I don't know if the other players are really tired, but I am. And I'm tired and I'm really pumped up on caffeine, and I find that I have a hard time sitting still and... As often as not, the other players are probably taking advantage of me as I am taking advantage of them. Yes, go ahead. Let me just bring our listeners through this because I'm sure a lot of them haven't walked into a poker room at 4 o'clock in the morning. Okay, you walk into Foxwoods at 4 o'clock in the morning. Paint us a word picture. What are you seeing there? Is it crowded? Is a lot of hustle and bustle going on? Saturday morning, I mean, if it's like 4 a.m. Saturday or 4 a.m. Sunday, there will be 30 tables. How many games are being played? Uh, 30 games 30, 30, being played. Okay. Uh, there'll be uh, three or four 20, 40, seven stud tables, one of which will be short. They won't be filling up with a waiting list. They'll be gradually breaking down the fourth or the third table and consolidating to three or two tables, depending upon how busy their Friday night was or their Saturday night was. And then there'll be a couple of 10, 20 tables. And then on the other side, there'll be a 5, 10, or 2. And then there'll, of course, be hold'em tables. I'm just ta- And there'll be you know, 15, 1, 2, no-limit games with players kind of uh, leaning tiredly on the table and uh, playing very slowly. And typically I'll go down, and I'm all excited. I'm all juiced up from the coffee, and it's delicious, and I'm all excited about playing. But I find that my attention span, since I'm really underneath that um, – infusion of nerves i'm weary and uh i find that more often than not my attention span diminishes fairly quickly i get impatient i push a little too fast and too hard and uh, as i said more often as as often as not i end up losing as winning so i tried a different strategy i tried going at the end of the day when without drinking any coffee or having any caffeine when i you know comfortably awake but not super alert and maybe even a little tired. And I went down and I played for six hours, which actually for me is a little long, even though it's a short stretch for most pros or most, most uh, full-time players. For me, six hours is about three to two hours longer than I like to play in a session. And I found that I could sit still and relax and think about the other players much, much better than normal. And it could have just been a wonderfully lucky run of cards. But at 2040 stud, I ended up winning $3,700 in, in, what, six hours, which is the best session I've ever had. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to have to try the same set. The, the problem is you convince yourself that the results influence your opinion of actually how you were playing which is one of the funny things about poker. When you do really well, you think, oh, now I can, now I understand. Now I've got it. I figured it out. You know, the key is, you know, wearing comfortable clothes or coming at this time of day or making sure to have sex before you come or not having sex or whatever. And uh, the truth is, when you get lucky, you think like you're brilliant. And when you do badly, you, when you lose money, you think that you're doing everything wrong. Are, are you one of those superstitious players no. that, you know, I've, did this when I first won, and so I'm going to keep no, doing this? No, I'm or? not superstitious. 
And I know intellectually that I just had a phenomenal run of cards, maybe coupled with being a little calmer than normal. But even so, your emotions and your hope get carried away. Even for somebody like me who tends to be strictly rational and it has nothing to do with you changing anything, you just got a great run of cards and had incredibly loose, uh, wild players when you hit monster hands. And that's why I won an enormous sum of money. But even so... Something in my brain says, no, no, it's because you came at 7 o'clock on a Saturday night instead of 4 in the morning. Or, no, no, it's because you were relaxed. Uh, It's just funny how your results affect how you think you did skillfully. This might be a weird question, but you just won $3,700. It's 10 o'clock in the morning. What do you do? No, no, 10 o'clock at night. 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. What do you do? Do you, do you have something to eat and, and you're thinking, you know what, I don't want to stop now. I'm on a roll here. and Or do you just sit down? No, what happened was, I'll tell you, I mean, I left for a very concrete reason. There were four players. Mm-hmm. It was a must-move table. There were four players who were, um, I would say, donators. They were much looser and more passive than normal. And there were a couple of very aggressive players who were pumping up the pot and these people were calling. Those four players had been there before I was, so they were called to the main game before I was at the main game. And they went to the different tables. They weren't all at the same table. And then when it was my turn, and I was asked to either leave or go to another table, as what, that's what happens in a must-move game, I said, you know what, since the loose, easy money is gone, I should go. Because you follow the money. Plus, after six hours... I have a relatively short uh, attention span. That was long enough for me. And so I got up. I said goodbye, put my money in the safety deposit box, and went home and went to sleep. That's what I did. Wow. Great. And speaking of great tournaments, you have one coming up for your synagogue? Yes, uh, that's right. Uh, Hill Elbenator. People should email me. It's going to be on March 15th, which is a Sunday. Uh, It's at 2 o'clock. And it's a fundraising tournament. We do these a few times a year. We've had them for many, many years. This is, we're calling this the Boston Charity Poker Championships. Um, why not add some glitz to the event? It's going to be on March 15th, the Sunday, 2 p.m. People should email me either at info at houseofcardsradio.com or they can send me an email at asha34 at aol.com. So someone who's never been to one of these events, a poker charity thing, what, what can they expect when they walk in the door? Um, Lots of friendly, inexperienced people that are just kind of there to help raise money for the synagogue. A few people that are a little more serious and uh, a very friendly environment, self-dealt, and uh, people out to have a good time. So let me put it this way. It is the softest field you will ever find, Um, and they'll have a good time. Okay, sounds good. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to come. Oh, I'm going to now give you the stud tip of the week. Thank you, Doug. It's very nice having producers who know I'm just the dumb guy that sits here and talks. Um, Okay, here's the tip. Don't fold on the river. Now, I know that sounds uh, like a terrible tip, but 95% of the time, if you are playing in a typical stud game, and I'm not talking about a high-stakes game that's always heads up. I'm talking about your 5-10, your 10-20, or your 20-40 game where you have often multi-way action at least until 5th Street. Um, But even if it's heads up, typically by the river, by the last of the five betting rounds, the pot is so large that it doesn't usually make sense to fold. And I see this mistake all the time. I see players who are debating with themselves whether they have the winning hand or whether their opponent has the winning hand when he bets, and they try to figure it out, and they figure, well, I guess I have a losing hand, and they fold. Almost all the time, if your decision is that close, if your decision is that close, you should have called. Why? Because, think of it this way, the mistake of calling equals one large bet, $40, if it's a 20-40 game. Or $10 if it's a 5-10 game. But the size of the pot is many, many multiples of that. So your mistake of folding when you have the winning hand, if you estimated your hand incorrectly and you had the winning hand and your opponent was bluffing or if he was value betting with an inferior hand to yours, that mistake 
is many multiples of a large bet. It's the entire size of the pot. So if the pot is $100 in a 5-10 game and your opponent bets $10, you have to be better than 90% certain that you have the losing hand in order to justify a fold because you'll lose $10 once if you call and you're wrong, but you'll win $100 if you call and you're right. So that's my advice. There are situations which I can talk about in future shows, future poker tips of the week, when you do want to call, when you do want to fold on the river when there is a bet. But most of the time, especially if you have to weigh the decision, you want to call because the pot is so large relative to the size of the bet that you need to call in a typically structured seven-stud game. That's the poker tip of the week. If you have questions about it or if you want to argue with me, I welcome debate. Uh, Feel free to email me at info at houseofcardsradio.com. We'll take a commercial break. Oh, that's the end of the show. We'll be back next week. Thank you for joining us. Take care. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.